So we have a video real quickly as we get started with Mother's Day. Real quickly, let me say happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers. If you are a mom, you are awesome. If your mom is here, turn and tell her you are awesome. And we're going to get kicked off with a video. Go ahead, Andrew. Let's start with that video. When I move out one day, my mom will be very sad. I feel my mom's love in my heart. Like, it's right here. I, I'm feeling it right now. Sometimes I love, sometimes I don't. When I'm angry, I don't. My mom is everything to me. She just is this ray of energy and sunlight and positivity. The thing that I wish I could have done more of is thanking her. Didn't matter what shape I was in, I could always come home to mom. My mom was basically the glue that held me together. When I left the Philippines, I knew that my son will be in good hands because I know my mom will take care of him. My mom is kind of smart, you know? Dad's smart. If I would say like one to ten, it would be a five. Maybe my poor dad got the raw end of the deal, but I do remember my mother saying to him when there was an argument about something I'd done, she says, you don't want to hurt her spirit. I remember that. My mom was diagnosed with uh, a really rare disease about 12 hours before she died. So we didn't get a lot of time to, to talk or to say goodbye, but she did get to say that she loved me, which were her last words. Uh, and I cherish that because I have I've been able to hang on to it. I'm probably going to say to my mom, you're a wonderful person. And you're my mentor. I tie an invisible string to my heart and she ties the same one to her heart and it's always attached together. My mother, she struggled a lot with addiction. Sorry, I'm getting upset. <laughs> yeah, it was hard. You know, you have partners, you have friends, you have kids, um, but there is nobody else who, um, who will ever care about you as much. My son now always tells me, I love you, Mama. But for 48 years, you realize I didn't say I love you to my mom. I can think of three words. I forgive you. You were a good mom. You did really good. And thank you, Mom. I love you, Mom. Hey, Chelsea, if moms got paid, how much do you think they should get paid in a year for being a mom? Maybe a hundred dollars. Oh, hundred bucks. <laughs> That's what you guys are worth, right? Oh, listen, happy Mother's Day, moms. Uh, Mother's Day can be very emotional for lots of people. It can be very celebrational for lots of people. It's really funny. Uh, all the different things that you get to experience as a mom. For example, uh, two nights ago, it was like one in the morning. My daughter crawls up into the bed and uh, I'm, I'm not, I had to hear about it because at one in the morning, I'm doing what normal people are doing. That's, I'm sleeping. Uh, but I got to hear about it the next morning. Emmy crawls up in the bed and she says, mama, are you thinking what I'm thinking? 
It's one o'clock in the morning. The four-year-old says, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And uh, Christy says, probably not. But what are you thinking? And she said, let's go get some pizza. <laughs> so that's that, all the different things you get, to, you get to get as a mom. You know, I like to have fun. I like to honor moms, and at the same time, I like to have fun. And because I have to like to have fun, if the mothers out there that like to have fun, would you stand? Let's play a game. Come on, moms out there that like to have fun, stand. If you don't like to have fun, I challenge you, go ahead and stand anyways. This is going to be a sit-stand game. Very, very easy. Okay, so I'm going to say something, and if the answer for you is yes, then you stay standing. You guys are about to learn a lot about some moms. Y'all ready? There's one rule. The one rule. You ready? Don't lie. Okay. So if you have to answer yes, yes, yes is standing up. No is sitting down. Everybody say it with me. Yes is. And no is. Okay. So here we go. Number one, if you have ever served your kids food after that food fell on the floor because you did not want to make some more food or you were being lazy or maybe you ran out of food. If you have served them food that fell on the floor, stay standing. If you have not, sit down. I'm going to go with 97% of moms. Do y'all see? Listen, that is how you have a good immune system for COVID-19. Thank you, moms. All right, here we go. Number two. If you have ever forgotten your kid's name, and you have lots of kids, so you just started going, Roland, Kanan, Aiden, Emily, I, if you've ever forgotten your kid's name and just had to go through the whole thing, stay standing. Everybody else can sit down. Okay. All right. Here we go. Number three. If you have ever escaped to the bathroom, not because you had to go to the bathroom, but because you just needed like 27 seconds away from the kids before you choked them to death, then you stay standing. Um, how come that's a hundred percent? Okay, next, here we go. If you have ever given your kids ice cream, cookies, candy, or something just to shut them up, you stay standing. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Here's a classic one. If you've ever forgot your kid at a store, two kids, (laughs) forgot two kids, just leave them. We'll come back later. The store clerk can watch them. Y'all, some of y'all lying. There ain't no way 65% of y'all ain't forgot the kids. I done forgot the kids everywhere. All right, all right. Everybody can do. Okay, here we go. Next one. <clears throat> this is, uh, this is, y'all, this is, a, everybody stand. stand. Mama stand. Here we go. Don't lie. If you have ever lied to your children, don't sit down yet. If you have ever lied to your children and told them that what you were eating was nasty because it was so good and you did not want them to eat it, then you stay standing. Everybody else can sit down. (laughs) And lastly, if you've ever loved your kids so much that you'd give your life for them, would you stand up, moms? Come on, give it up for our moms. Oh, you guys can sit down. You are awesome. Listen, if you're just now tuning in with us, or if you're just now here, I want to give you some encouragement. If this COVID-19 thing has been messing with your mind, and maybe you've been down, you've been depressed, and you are looking at 
um, how to get on the bright side. We just, we just finished a series that I would like to encourage you to watch. You can watch it on our, our YouTube channel. You can watch it on our website. You can watch it on our app. Jump back on there a couple of weeks back and start that series and watch that. And I'm praying that God will give you peace as you walk through the time that we have been going through. Well, today, y'all, I'm going to have a lot of fun. You know, I love to preach Mother's Day. Mother's Day is so fun. Usually what I do is I preach to our moms. Uh, today, I'm not going to preach necessarily to our moms, but it's more going to, it's going to be more like lessons from our moms. Everybody say lessons. Lessons from our moms. You know, there's some qualities from moms that all of us could use. I got one amen on that. There's some qualities from our moms that all of us could use. I think about my mom and the amazing qualities that she has. Let me tell you all a little bit about that. My mom is 100% honest. She's going to tell you like it is. She's honest. That's, that's just a part of it. Secondly, she is one of the most loyal people, if not the most loyal person I've ever known. She is a prayer warrior. She's hardworking. She loves her kids, no matter how stupid they are. One of the coolest things about my mom is she has this talent of making you feel like the biggest idiot with the sweetest words that you've ever heard. I've never seen anything like it. You can ask Christian. I think Christian gets this probably more than any other person. When we were in Cuba, it was always like this little laugh, and she'd be like, <laughs> Christian, you're such an idiot. <laughs> it was so, Christian, you're so stupid. I love it. I love when Christian's around because I get to see my mom in that talent. Uh, listen, so my, my mom, uh, she's got so many great talents. She is literally the world's greatest grandparent. Do you know I've never heard my mom cuss? Ever? I bet there's not almost any people in this room that can say that. Never heard my mom cuss ever. And then I think about my wife. <laughs> what? I'm thinking about the qualities of moms. <laughs> I think about my wife. My wife was made to be a mom. She was. She is the most wonderful mom ever in the world. She is so, so good at it. She spends all of her money, all of her time, all of her energy on her kids. And y'all, every time you see her, you need to tell her, Christy, no more children. Because when somebody has a baby, like, I mean, the baby Avi, when he came, and then we got Christians having a baby, and the Womacks are having a baby, my wife's like, babe, can we have one more? No. No, we cannot have one more. Are you nuts? I want to retire at some point in my life, and I'm not going to be able to do that if we got 14 kids. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Whew. Listen, hear me out. When I look at qualities of moms, I look at how much moms will do over for their kids, it makes me understand how much we can learn from moms. You know, it's, just not, it's not just moms that should have those qualities. It should be everyone that has those qualities. But we see them a lot of times in moms. And so today we're going to talk about moms. We're going to talk about some of the qualities that they have. The title to the message, if you're taking notes, is Lessons for All from the Moms. Lessons for All from the Moms. And would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Heavenly Father, God, I pray as we dig into your word this morning that you would speak to us. God, use this word to challenge us. Use this word to grow us. Use this word to move us forward in our relationship and our walk with you. And Lord, I love you and I thank you and I praise you. In your precious name I pray. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. All right, here we go. If you're taking notes, 
four lessons that we can learn from four mothers in the Bible. Four lessons that we can learn from four mothers in the Bible. And I want to stop you because I know that some of you just stopped and you said, wait a minute, pastor's going over four moms. We're going to be here forever. Some of you that are watching online, you're like, oh, no, I'm watching somebody else preach this morning because if we go over four different Bible stories, we're going to be here forever. Listen, I promise you it's going to be worth it. It's going to be great. It's going to be good. And I'm not going to go forever. (laughs) I got an amen on that one. At least I got one this morning. Listen, uh, okay, so four lessons from four moms. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to kind of summarize these moms, lessons that we're getting from these moms. Then I'm going to share with you where you can find these moms in scripture. And I challenge you to go back this week and dig into their lives and get what you want to get and and ask the Lord to speak to you through their lives. If you're taking notes, get ready. Mom number one, her name is Hagar. And Hagar, I'm going to go with, is the mother that stood firm. You can read about Hagar's story in Genesis chapter 16. You can also read the rest of it in Genesis 21. It's a little bit of a complicated story. Um, it, it, in fact, it's a tough, and moms, any of y'all had a tough time as a mom? Hagar had a tough time. And so let's, let's dig into this and what can we learn from a mom as having a tough time as a mom? So Sarah and Abraham, y'all remember Abraham? Sarah and Abraham, they get married and they're not having a baby and they're not having a baby and they're not having a baby. And so Sarah has this bright idea and she's like, hey, what you should do is you should go take your servant Hagar and you should just go have relations with her. You can have a son with her. You've always wanted a son. He's promised you a son. You can have a son with her and then bring her in as your wife. It's not a great idea. Anybody see trouble coming? Uh, bring her in and then we'll, we'll just, you can get your promise that way. And so Abraham, he's like, well, I can't argue with my wife. So what does he do? He goes and he takes Hagar in to be his wife and he, he, he has relations with her and she becomes pregnant. Now you got two wives in the household. Everybody go, oof, that's bad news. So then what happens? Then you have Hagar, who's no longer just a servant. She's now a wife. And so because she's a wife, she begins to treat her mis- uh, 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 she begins to treat Sarah with the Bible uses the term content. She begins to be content towards her, have contempt towards her, right? So you got Hagar that is having a little bit of content towards Sarah. And then you got Sarah that is now absolutely getting furious with Hagar. Oh, that was a stupid move on my part. Should <laughs> Shouldn't have told Abraham to do that one. So what happens? She begins, the Bible says that she begins to be so harsh with Hagar that Hagar runs away. She's pregnant and she runs away in the wilderness. Okay, so now she runs away and the the Bible says in Genesis chapter 16 and verses 9 through 11, it says, the angel of the Lord said to her, did I skip something? No. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress. And submit to her authority. Huh? Then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. And the angel also said, you are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael, which means God hears. For the Lord has heard your cry of distress. Hagar is told to go back to the place where she is being treated very harshly. Why? Because of her kid. Because of her son and the promise that she receives for her son. And she loves her son so much 
that she goes back to this place that she's treated harshly and she allows that to continue to take place because the promise that she received, she stood firm. No matter what, no matter what was coming, no matter how bad it got with Abraham, no matter how harshly she was treated with Sarah, she stood firm because of the promise that she received for her kid. The promise wasn't even for her. It was for a kid. So much can be learned there. So now, in chapter 21, things get even more complicated, as if it could get more complicated. What happens? Sarah gets pregnant. Everybody go, ugh. So Sarah gets pregnant. Now you got mama number one in the house, and, uh, and, and she's got this baby boy, and the boy's starting to get a little bigger. Now you got mama number two, who is big mama in the house. Everybody say big mama. So big mama in the house is now pregnant. She is having her kid, and she looks over at Hagar, and she says, Abraham, this ain't going to work no more. (laughs) Ain't going to work no more. What you need to do is you need to take your slave girl and that child and get them out of my house. So what does Abraham do? Abraham wakes up early in the morning, and he goes. She's woken up early in the morning. She's given food in a container of water and is sent out in the wilderness with her son to Rome. Wow. Chapter 21 and verse 14 says she wandered aimlessly to the point of near death. She put her son under a bush, and then she walked about 100 yards off, and she begins to cry. Can you imagine? An angel of the Lord, let's go back, let's go back now. Angel of the Lord said, go back to where you're being treated harsh and stay there and be faithful. She goes back and what happens for doing what God told her to do is she gets kicked back out the house. Oof. Lord, was you confused? So now she's trying to, she is standing firm. She loves her child. She's been getting abused because of this kid. And she goes and she sets him under a bush and she walks over a hundred yards away and she begins to cry. And then in Genesis chapter 21, verses 17 through 19, says, but God heard the boy crying and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven. Hagar, what's wrong? Really? What's wrong? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Go to him and comfort him. I will make a great nation from his descendants. Then God opened Hagar's eyes and she saw a well full of water. She quickly filled her water container and gave it to the boy. Can you imagine being in her situation? You're a servant. You get pulled in not because he loves you. You get pulled in because he wants to have a kid with you. So now you have a kid. Now, because you have this kid, you start getting harshly abused by a mama bear. And then she comes and she starts abusing you. You run away and God tells you, go back. You go back. You're getting abused again. And finally, you get kicked out the house. You're going, I'm trying. Anybody ever been there? Mamas, y'all ever been there? I'm trying. I'm trying to do my best. And she stood firm every single time. She stood firm. She followed the directions that God gave her, even though she knew that it was going to be tough because she loved her kid. Makes me think of mothers here in our church that you've stood firm for your kids. You've provided for them when you thought that you couldn't. 
You discipline them even though it stunk. You protected them just like Hagar when things came against them. You trained them to be men and women that God has called them to be. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58, it says to be strong and immovable. Thank you, moms, for standing firm. Thank you, moms, for standing firm for your kids. Listen, single moms, I'm sure that you can understand a lot of it with Hagar. You get it. You got into a relationship, and, and whatever happened in that relationship, Abraham, he just kicked her on out. No daddy now there to, to, to raise the kid, and you're trying to figure things out, and you're like, Lord, I'm trying to figure things out, and you're, and you're just like Hagar. She's trying, and she's trying. Let me encourage you. Stand firm. Let me encourage you. You can do it. Let me encourage you. Don't allow Satan to mess with your mind. You stand and you follow what God has told you to do. You train that child. You teach that child the ways of the Lord and God will provide what you need. Amen. Amen. Hagar and the end knew that the God of the mountain is the God in the valley. And the God of the highs is the God of the lows. Because in every time that she was low, he provided what she needed. Amen. We need to take lessons from Hagar. Somebody say amen. amen. Number two. I like this one, mostly because of her name. Second mom is named Jochebed. Everybody say Jochebed. Now, Jochebed, I'm going to go with, is the hardworking mama. How many of y'all don't even know who Jochebed is? Mm-hmm. See, this is, this is great. This is why I love this. And she's got a cool name. How many of y'all would name your child Jacobed? Thank you, Cody. I got one like me. I've tried to name my kids all kind of cool stuff. My wife wouldn't let me name Nimrod. I mean, you got Enoch. I mean, I've tried so many times to name our kids cool. So listen, if you want to go back and study Jacobed in uh, Exodus chapter 2, we see it doesn't give her name, but you see the beginning of her story. In Exodus chapter 6, it tells us her name, which is Jacobed. And uh, how many of y'all ever heard of Moses? Okay, so you heard of her kid. So now you've heard of her kid. Now let's go back to mom here, Jacobed. Let's set up the scene real quick, because I, I want you to understand exactly how, get into the mind of this woman, okay? So you're pregnant, okay? You're pregnant, and there is an order given where you live that everybody that has a male Hebrew kid, that kid's got to die. Snap. So what happens? Jacobed, she's a hardworking mom. She's pregnant. She has this son. She loves this son so much that she says, there ain't no way that this baby's dying. So what does she do? She got to work, y'all. First of all, hard work. Number one, she hid that baby for three months. You think that ain't hard work? Y'all ever had a baby? Let me tell you something. That baby's keeping the neighbors up at night. They're keeping you up at night. They're keeping the other children's up at night. They're keeping everybody up at night. She hides a baby for three months. She goes and she's hiding. No, I, you, I don't even know what all she's doing, if she's going to work, if she's making this. But whatever she's doing, she's successfully hiding this baby for three months. Everybody says she's working. She's a bad mama jama. All right. So she's working. She hides this baby. And then at three months in, she decides, maybe it was the Lord leading her. She decides, I'm going to make a basket. I don't know how to make a basket. 
I don't know what that looked like, but she made this basket and took tar and she waterproofed this basket. How many of y'all can waterproof a basket? Mm-hmm. One. One at Pinterest. She didn't have Google. She didn't have Pinterest. So she just, she waterproofs this basket. She takes this baby boy at three months old and she places him in this basket and she, she, she rolls this basket into the river. And we watch Moses. And she says, Miriam, to his sister, I want you to go watch. Let's watch and see what happens. And so she go, it goes into this river. And Pharaoh's daughter, out of all people, everybody say only God. Pharaoh's daughter grabs this basket. She sees this baby. And she grabs up the baby. And so what does Moses' mom say? She's still working, y'all. She's hustling. How can I raise my kid? How can I do the best for my kid? How can I see my kid? So she tells her daughter, Miriam, you go and you talk to Pharaoh's daughter and you tell her that you will do whatever you find him. You'll find him a nurse. You'll find somebody to nurse him. You'll take care of the baby. You'll do whatever it is that you need to do. So so Moses' sister goes and tells Pharaoh's Pharaoh's daughter, hey, I'll do, I, I, I can get somebody to nurse him. I can do all this stuff. And so she winds up making a deal with Pharaoh's daughter, and she brings Moses back into his original home. How cool is that? Everybody say only God. Not just only God. It's also a hardworking mama. Okay, mama brings Moses back into the home, and she gets to nurse him. She gets to prepare him. She gets to pray over him. She gets to talk to him while she's, while she's raising this baby until he's old enough to go back into the lives of Pharaoh. Y'all, that's huge. She worked and worked and worked. This was a woman who wasn't afraid of hard work for her baby, putting her life on the line countless times. Listen, in this day and age, there's so much that we can learn from this story. And thinking about working, I love a scripture about working. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 23 says, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and the, ma- and the master you are serving is Christ. You see, Jacobed, she wasn't willing to sit back and allow circumstances to stop her from being the mother that God called her to be. When she had that baby, she knew that there was something special about that baby. It's like when you have your baby and you know that there's something beautiful and special about your baby. And she decided, I will work and work and work and do whatever it takes to bring up this kid the way that I'm supposed to. And Think about this, y'all. That kid, Moses, grew up. He went out into the wilderness for 40 years. He came back and he was the man that God used to deliver Israel out of Egypt, to cross the Red Sea, to lead his people into the promised land. This man wrote the first five books of the Bible, 20% of the word of God. And if it wasn't for his mama, he wouldn't have even lived. We give all this praise to Moses. But Jacobet, the person we didn't even know who she was, that mama, was the one that made it to where Moses could do all of the things that God called him to do. What a powerful thought. Think about this. What if the hard work that you're doing right now is affecting generations to come? I challenge you, take 
a page from Jacobed's book. Don't be lazy. Bring your kids up. Lay your life down on the line for your kids and train them up in the way of the Lord and pray over them just like this woman, this mother did. Number three, let's keep moving. Number three is uh, Naomi. And I'm going to say Naomi is the mother who set the perfect example. Now, I'm cheating a little bit because Naomi, actually, this isn't her kid. This is her daughter-in-law. And if you don't know the story of Naomi, look in the book of Ruth. It's all about Ruth and Naomi, and you can see the, the, you can read all about her. Let me give you some history with Naomi. Okay, so Naomi, there's a, there's a famine in the land. She winds up moving away from the land that she's living. She has her sons. Her sons get married, and then all of a sudden, boom, her husband dies, and both of her boys dies. Can you imagine? Her husband dies. Both of her boys dies. All she got left in the house is these two daughter-in-laws. I don't know. Maybe the relationship's great. You never know with the in-laws. You know what I'm saying? My in-laws, we got great, got, got a good relationship, but I've seen some people's in-laws, how they treat each other. Whew. So you don't, you don't know. So Naomi, she's got these two daughter-in-laws. And what happens is the famine is lifted from the land that she's living in, okay? So Naomi decides, well, the famine is no longer there. I'm going to go back to where I'm from. So she tells her daughter-in-laws, hey, uh, hey, ladies, let me just go ahead and tell you, I'm going home. I done lost my family. I lost my husband. I lost your husbands. I'm going home. So I'm going to bless y'all, and I'm going to send y'all off. You go do your thing. You want to get married again, whatever it is that you want to do. And then we get to... Um, Ruth chapter one and verses 16 and 18. She's got this daughter-in-law named Ruth. Okay, and I wanna read you what Ruth says when Naomi says, I want you guys to just, just go ahead and do your thing. Be blessed, go live your life. It says in verse 16, but Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Listen to this next one. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. I want to stop right there because this is a cool story, y'all. If you've never read Ruth, if you've never seen what takes place, what happens is Naomi, maybe she was real down. Maybe she was. But then when this daughter-in-law said, wherever you go, where I'm going, your God's going to be my God. I'm going to die wherever you die. I am connected to you. Now she's got this spark in her. I can see this, this spark in her eye. Well, I guess I'm, I'll be your mama. I'm taking you in, baby girl. I'm about to teach you everything that I know. And so the Bible talks about how Naomi takes Ruth and she begins to teach her and she begins to teach her the ways of the Lord and gets to witness to her. And then Ruth uh, comes in contact with Boaz and then they have this relationship going on and you get to see Naomi in the background with her daughter-in-law coaching her and telling her what to do and what not to do. She is setting the perfect example for her daughter-in-law. It's so cool. We should take some lessons from Naomi. She sets this perfect example for Ruth. Let me tell you something. This makes it so cool. Boaz and Ruth, had a, they got married. They had a kid. And that kid later was David's grandfather. 
King David's grandfather, who was the bloodline that Jesus Christ came from. Is that not crazy? You never know what's going on with your kids. You just raise them the way that you're. Naomi did what so many awesome moms do. She laid down her own selfish desires, her own pain that she was going through. She took Ruth and she guided Ruth through the life that she needed to help. She set the perfect example for this young lady. Moms, dads, grandparents, listen to me. The lesson that we are learning here from the life of Naomi is so applicable to our lives. The truth is we live in a world full of selfish, selfish, selfish people. What do you mean, pastor? I mean, right now in the day and the age that we live in, tons and tons of mom and dads are not setting any example. I mean, they're more concerned with their income and their job and their hobbies, and their toys, and even as ridiculous as it sounds, their video games, they're more concerned about those stupid, stupid things than they are at setting an example for the kids coming up behind them, which is why here at this church we are so passionate about children's ministry and youth ministry and bus ministry. If you don't want to raise them, we'll raise them. We'll do the best that we can. We'll coach them and lead them up in the way that the Bible tells us to lead them up. Why do we set that example? We set that example for those kids because nobody's setting that example for them. God's called us to not only set an example for our kids, but to train up all those kids. Anybody believe that? And this is what this is. We need to get the spirit of Naomi in us. Well, stop griping about your kids not raising their kids the right way and start helping them. Start praying for them. Start sharing scripture and verses with those kids. Start leading them in the way that they can. You do your part. You be Naomi in that situation. Let's take a page out of her book. Mama number four is Hannah. And Hannah's going to be the mother that prayed. Y'all, I don't know about you, but I believe that there is some power in some mama's praying. Hannah's story, if you don't know where she's at, is in 1 Samuel chapter 1 and chapter 2. Let me give you some background here. Hannah was married, very similar to Moses. There's two wives in the household. Never a good idea, ever. If you ever think about that, just go on and know it's a bad idea. So there's two wives in the household. And Hannah wants more than anything to have a son, to have a kid. And she's not. She's not having a kid, and she's not having a kid. And this other wife, she's, she's just popping them out, you know. And, and, uh, and she's, she's brutalizing Hannah for it. And she's, you know, talking about all this stuff, how she's the good one. And Hannah's not. Can you imagine being in this home? Never mind. I ain't even going to go there. So, uh, so what's happening is Hannah, instead of Hannah you know, whining and, and, and all of these kind of things, she begins to go to the temple all the time and pray. What is she doing? She's spending her time with God constantly. 
Is every, every chance she's getting, she's fasting, she's going to the temple and she's praying and she's praying and she's praying and she's praying over and over. And so in the Bible, it talks about how uh, she's praying and so many times she would go, oh, that's the bad name. She would go and she would begin to pray and, 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 and she, there wouldn't even be words coming out of her mouth. She would just be mumbling and she would be in tears and she would be pouring out her tears. And one time the prophet Eli, he comes up and he's looking at her like, what in the world is going on with this woman? She's always in there. She's always got some crazy stuff going on. Y'all ever do that in church? Like, what is going on with that person? Uh-huh, I see some of y'all. Uh-huh. So that's what Eli is. Eli's right there and he's like, what is going on with that woman? So he goes up to her and he says, you always got to be drinking Put your wine away, woman. Okay, that was for dramatic effect. Let's get to the scripture. First Samuel chapter 1, verses 12 through 17, it says, As she was praying to the Lord. Yo, she's asking, asking, asking for a kid. As she's praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. Seeing her lips moving, but hearing no sound, he thought that she had been drinking. And he comes up to her, verse 14. Must you come here drunk? He demanded. Throw away your wine. Oh, no, sir, she replied. That ain't no, sir, I ain't throwing away my, my, my wine. That's no, sir, I ain't been drinking. <laughs> she replied, I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I'm very discouraged. And I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I'm a wicked woman, for I've been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. Look at verse 17. In that case... Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant you the request that you've asked him. And that's encouraging. I mean, if you know that prayers that she went and she went, it became worth it. Why? Because when Eli said, go in peace, may God grant you, then she became pregnant. She became pregnant and she told God that she was dedicating that kid to him. So guess who gets to raise Eli? I mean, guess who gets to raise her son, Samuel? Eli, the prophet that told her that she was going to get pregnant. She dedicates her kid, Samuel, to the Lord. We got a whole book about him. Why do we got a book about him? Because of a mama that prayed. There's power in prayer, mamas. Listen, I'm here to tell you that there is extreme, unspeakable, miraculous power in a person that makes a lifetime of getting on their knees and praying to God. You know, the reason that I'm so passionate about my 5.30 prayer in the morning, I know you hear me talk about it all the time. I, I meet some guys and we pray at 5.30 in the morning. You know why I'm so passionate about it? I'm so passionate about it because I got to see in the life of my mother how effective that prayer is. Because she got up no matter what. It didn't matter if it was cold outside. It didn't matter if her kids were all acting stupid. She got up and she prayed and she prayed and she prayed and she prayed. And there was power in that prayer. I believe with all of my heart that the reason that I'm here today and that I'm serving Jesus is because I got to be raised in a household with a mama that prayed. And I know that there's tons of mamas out there that ain't praying. And I'm so passionate about praying at 530 because one of the pieces that I do is I pray for children that their mamas ain't praying for them. Because just like if I had a mom that was praying for me, everybody needs a mama praying for them. 
Now, I may not be a mama, but dead gum, and I'm going to pray for him anyways. So I come, and at 5.30, I pray, and I believe that there's some stuff going down in heaven when I pray. I pray for my babies. I pray for your babies. I pray for my church family. I pray for our businesses in our church. I pray for revival to come through on this church. I pray for my children, salvation. I pray and I pray and I pray and I believe and I pray and I believe because I've seen that power take place in my own life. And I want to encourage you, be a dad, be a mom, be a brother, be a sister that prays. A grandmama that prays. Pray for my kids if you ain't got nobody to pray for. They need it. (laughs) Listen to me. I thank God that Hannah was an example to my mama and that my mama was an example to me. And then hopefully I'm being an example to my kids. And what I want to encourage you with is let all of those examples be an example to you to show you the power in having an effective prayer life. I believe that with all my heart. If I didn't, ain't no way I would be getting up at 5 o'clock every morning. Hannah didn't give up on seeing her miracle. She didn't take her focus off of God. She didn't allow her circumstances to discourage and make her quit. It did discourage her, but she never quit. She prayed and she prayed and she prayed. So our lessons today, number one, stand firm. Stand firm for your kids. Stand firm for your faith. Stand firm for your country. You stand firm. We learned that from Hagar. Number two, work hard. That is not taught anymore. You want to learn, you better learn from somebody that's working hard or learn from your Bible. Work hard at everything you do. Thank you, Jacobed, for setting that example. Number three, Naomi, you be the example. Don't just tell them to do it. You show them how to do it. And if you're telling them one thing and showing them something else, don't ever expect them to do what you're telling them to do. And number four, you pray passionately. We learned these things from these moms This morning, real quickly, in just a second, I want to pray for our moms. But before I do, I want to ask our worship team to step out and come. Moms, don't take off. If you're watching online, don't get off just yet. I'd like to pray for all of our moms. And then I would like to pray for all of our people that that are not moms. I'd like to pray for all of our children. One of the things uh, that really was on my heart this morning, I know that there was a ton of people praying for me when I was not living for Jesus I know my mom was praying for me, and I know she had other people praying for me. And I want us to pray this morning for the children of moms that have been praying for their children's salvation. That's one thing that just was on my heart. But here's what I want to do. Very first off, I want to pray for our moms. So moms, would you stand? If you're in here and you're a mom, you're a stepmom, you're raising a kid that maybe isn't biologically yours, but you're mothering that child, would you stand? Everybody else? Would you just kind of reach over and point your hands and pray with me for our moms? Heavenly Father, I come, I come right now. And God, I just pray, first of all, that you would bless. Bless the moms in this room. 
bless them, Lord. Bless their household, their scriptures about reasons that you bless households and moms is a big piece of why you bless them. And Heavenly Father, I pray blessings over their households, blessings over their children, blessings over their homes in the name of Jesus. I pray right now that you would protect their families. God, if they're married and they have husbands and they're pouring out their, uh, God, their prayer life for their husbands, I pray protection over their husbands. I pray protection over their kids. I pray for protection, Lord, in the name of Jesus for each and every mom. God, I pray for wisdom and guidance because it is hard. It's hard to be a mom. It's hard to stay away from the sinful things in our society. Give us wisdom. Give them guidance. Give them direction. Father, I pray right now that you would help our moms to stand firm like Hagar, to work hard like Jochebed, to set the example like Naomi, and to pray passionately like Hannah. Father, I pray that blessing right now on each and every one of our mothers, grandmothers, stepmothers. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Now, would everybody stand with me? Here's what I want to do. I want to pray, and I want you to pray with me for all of the moms, for all of the children that need to be saved. For moms that have been praying. How many moms have been praying for your salvation for your kids? Y'all believe in prayer? Come on, would you join me, Heavenly Father? I come to you right now. God, you are so good. Father, we are just like Hannah. We are praying. We are asking. We're going to continue to pray. We're going to continue to believe until we see this done. In the name of Jesus, I pray for salvations. I pray that this morning we would hear about salvations of children that have been being prayed for. They've been, God, their mamas have been going to war for their kids to be saved. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for salvation for those kids. Lord, I rebuke Satan. I rebuke the holes that he has. I pray that addictions would be broken in the name of Jesus. I pray that chains of depression would be broken in the name of Jesus. God, and I pray for salvations, Lord, in the name of Jesus on our kids, on our babies. Come on, would you just, would you, would you clap your hands for the Lord this morning? Would you receive that? Listen, we have a song that I want to sing at the end. It's a newer song. I don't know that we've ever done it. And it was so powerful when they were practicing it. Can we end Mother's Day having an intimate time with God? And then we have a gift that we want to give all of our mothers. Let's sing this song real quick. And then we have a gift that we're going to pass out to all of our mothers. If you want to come up to the front, you can come up to the front. The song is called Touch of Heaven. And uh, I just encourage you, would you love on the Lord?